back to the Connected Aircraft Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Today is Friday, February 5th, and on today's podcast, we'll be speaking with the founder and chairman of Valare Aviation. So we took a few weeks off there for the winter break and are now back to our regularly, weekly scheduled uh, publishing of this podcast every Friday, interviewing a wide array of aviation industry influencers, experts, executives, engineers, and more on a wide array of trending topics. I also wanted to let our audience know that we'll be hosting our first Connected Aviation Intelligence live webcast of the year on Thursday, February 25th, starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll have a live virtual interactive roundtable featuring some experts with experience penetration testing and even hacking into in-flight connectivity systems, as well as a case study given by Virgin Atlantic live after that panel. So you won't want to miss that on Thursday, February 25th. You can register for free for that live webcast at gcasummit.com slash aviation-intelligence. The full agenda and speakers are listed there as well. So on today's episode, I recently caught up with Dustin Dryden. He is the founder and chairman of London-based Volare Aviation. He provides some insight on how private charter flying is changing in Europe and around the globe. He also gives some thoughts on some of the COVID-19 related regulatory policy changes that have kind of changed on an ongoing basis around the globe as well. So let's get into our discussion with Dustin. So Dustin, for those of us in our audience who may not be aware of who Volare Aviation is, can you give us some mac- background on the organization as well as your role with the company and some of your day-to-day responsibilities there? Where are you all based out of and who are some of your primary customers? Thanks for having me on the show. Would you? Yeah, I'd love to uh, burst into it. So Volare is primarily uh, an aircraft sales business. Uh, it does, however, encompass uh, a, a full turnkey engineering service, an operating service, a training uh, service. We do interior and paint refurbishment. So we're, we're a completely turnkey aviation organization, but it, it's built around supporting uh, our aircraft, aircraft sales operation. Uh, and what makes us fairly unique in the marketplace is it's one of the few places in the world where you can actually walk into the building and look at a collection of aircraft and helicopters that are ready to take away the day you get in them. So at any one time we'll have, well, as of today, we have about 12 different aircraft in our, in our hangar facilities. And all of those are beautifully painted, new interior, fresh maintenance, ready to go. So you can write your check and get in it and fly it the next day. Uh, and that makes us very unique in the marketplace uh, as far as a service offering goes. Uh, and uh, we're based just uh, just outside uh, London, 40 minutes outside the centre of London in the Cotswolds in a beautiful place called Oxfordshire. I see, just outside of central London, uh, definitely one of my favourite cities. And so the, the correct pronunci- pronunciation is Volare. I want to make sure I have that correct. Well, you know... it's, it's, Itali- it's Italian uh, uh, for fly to fly so it's, a, it's open to interpretation as to what accent you're using as to how you pronounce it but my my uh, my my english take on uh, the italian of it is volare 
Okay, so the Amer yeah, okay, you know, us Americans can kind of so mess yeah, it up sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to also learn more about, uh, you know, from Valare from a operations standpoint. Um, you know, what has been the biggest overall impact on your operations, you know, your day-to-day? -day? Like you said, you can walk in and see new aircraft fresh, ready to go, and try to, you know, hop on a flight the next day. But just the biggest overall kind of operational impact from COVID-19 on your business. So if, if you look at the, the part of my business that uh, uh, operates for charter and for private aircraft management, I would say the, the single biggest uh, effect internally in the business is, is the volume of demand uh, and then probably shortly followed by that, the complexity of operating. So obviously the, the the ability to fly by airline has diminished significantly. Um, it's uh, you know having it's reduced, but also the, the the number of routes that are flown and the and the fact that the aircraft may fly fly you there but actually not bring you back uh, has driven a huge number of people to uh, private aviation. Um, you know we've seen a seen a massive increase on uh, uh, our, the the demand of our services. Uh, and then you add to that the the operational um, demand on, on our on our staff to work out what the legislation is in each country, what the safety requirements are, what the health requirements are, the the political elements of coming and going from those countries, and and they all change by the hour. So the 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 strain on an organisation to achieve all of those things for a customer as seamlessly as possible uh, in a, an industry that. You know where the customer has the highest expectation of service is being fairly transformational. And you know, so I have to follow up on a few things you mentioned there, especially related to the regulatory impact, right? You know, just how do you keep up with that? I mean, from us, from maybe like a media perspective, we'll see press releases or, you know, news updates from regulatory bodies such as EASA in Europe or the FAA here in the U.S. that will say different things like, you know, requiring a 14-day quarantine or a negative test before you arrive in the U.S., which is currently a, a U.S. Uh, regulation. But from you, from, you know, from your standpoint, how do you manage the fact that, like you said, it's going? To, it can change almost hour to you know hour to hour, week to week, and then get all of that information out to your sort of end users, your your pilots, your maintenance techs. You know, after you receive the information, get that out to everybody. Literally, does that sometimes even happen? Literally, while flights are in the air. Yep, I mean it's it, the states has a, a small advantage in that uh, you know it, it doesn't change hugely state by state. But if you look at just flying around Europe, you know you, you've got the best part of 27 different countries all changing their rules all of the time. Um, we came back uh, on a flight from Cape Town to the UK the other day, and the law literally changed while the flight was in the air. So it went from being a non-quarantine on arrival to 10 days quarantine on the arrival, nobody allowed out and banned all international flights an hour after we landed. So, you know, the, it's such a fluid situation. All you can do is, is go through the website, look at the government recommended stuff, uh, speak to the handling agents who, who are now super up on this stuff as well. 
um, and and hope as well that uh, you get some good feedback from from your, your customers. But you, you know, it's not a precise science, and, e and even if it was a precise science, the rules change. Like, like, like I said, just the, uh, during the course of a flight sometimes. And what about just the sort of, um, you know, interfacing or exchange of information with passengers between, you know, yourself and customers, meaning, uh, you know, how do you sort of inform passengers that your aircraft are disinfected, they, they can't, you know, catch, you know, COVID-19 in flight, and then also on uh, your side, what what type of questions are you getting from passengers related to COVID nineteen? Are there new, you know, there have to be maybe new questions that you weren't getting related to charter flights prior to the, you know, the impact of this pandemic. Yeah, I think you know it's a, it's a marketplace that's had, had to become very very transparent uh, and uh, uh, and quick moving. So whereas you might have sent a, a brief to a customer via a PA uh, and uh, have, have, you know, your T's and C's on it, the, because it changes so quickly now, you're, you're almost ending up in a position where we're using WhatsApp groups with our, our frequent travelers so that you can inform everybody what's going on real time. So you might have an aircraft owner, an air hostess crew, um, the ops department, everybody on the on the same group, so everybody can deal with things at the same time. I mean, the industry has developed extremely quickly as far as uh, trying to protect its staff and its passengers. Um, you know, the aircraft are are, are bombed uh, after every flight. The crew are tested after every flight. Um, the passengers can be tested before they get on the aircraft and on arrival. So it does offer a huge amount of, of uh, safety over um, flying on, a, on an airliner. And, you know, a lot of people choose to operate in their same bubble. So families or, or office workers that are traveling in these aircraft are the same people that work all the time. They have the same crew with them. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a significant level of protection offered by using these type of aircraft. And I think that's going to support the, the industry significantly as it goes forward. Um, the UK is, uh, and Europe is slightly different in its uh, embracement of private aviation. Um, it, it's seen as a, a, a very luxurious way to travel, where in the US it, it's, um, it's accepted by corporates as being a necessity a lot more easily. And I think there's one of the, the biggest movements in the, in the sales process that we've seen with the, the growth in the marketplace is it's, it's a genuinely acceptable means for a company to protect its staff and allow its staff to still travel around. Uh, and that, that's a huge um, shift in uh, approach for, for this country. And so let's focus on the charter side there for a moment as well as, you know, something that you mentioned earlier that I think has been interesting for us to cover throughout 2020 and, and even now into early 2021. And that's the type of passenger that you're now serving, um, you know, from an airline perspective, most of the airlines have grounded their, you know, long range, a lot of their long range international airliners, but have kept more of the regional aircraft in service. And on the business aviation side, um, you know, a lot of the operators I've been able to interview have talked about the demand for leisure travel versus business travel. Uh, and wanted to ask you about that. Are you seeing some you know, crossover from former commercial airline passengers, maybe, you know, first class passengers 
you know, crossing over into private aviation? Yeah, I mean, there has been a a big shift from uh, uh, people that have never used aircraft before to private aircraft before to uh, 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 people that now use it as their only source of uh, operation. And I think, you know, that paradigm shift is for twofold. One is um, safety. I want to fly with my family and only my family. And I want to de-risk the situation by being in a cabin that I know everybody is clean, tested and safe. Uh, and I think that's a huge driver. Uh, and I think the other driver is, as you say, you just can't get from A to B at the moment. And even if you get to B, there's no guarantee you're ever going to get back to A again. Um, so, you know, the the, the ability to, to, to uh, guarantee uh, or certainly to a, a very high level of guarantee that the, the, the success of your whole trip and the safety of your trip has driven a lot of people to this. Um, the fact that the airlines aren't doing it at all at the moment has meant that they have to do it rather than um, that, that it's out, out of free will. So, you know, it's definitely been good for the private jet sector. And I also wanted to ask you just about, you know, routes and sort of popular destinations right now, because, uh, you know, again, it's, that's that's been an interesting uh, topic to watch, especially on the commercial airline side is some of the you know, popular routes in demand right now. And you mentioned you all are based, uh, you know, just outside of London. Where are some of the popular routes and maybe destinations in Europe that you're seeing demand for right now? I don't, I don't think there's any, anywhere that leaps out as being particularly popular. Um, for As an example, you know, there, there is a lot of freedom in places like Dubai and um uh, and, and some of the, the, the islands, um, like the Maldives, so people travelling there uh, are able to enjoy being out and about, and restaurants open and stuff. And I, and I think that's been quite a big draw for Europeans and people from uh, from the UK. Um, in, in the UK at the moment, you you can't leave the UK unless you are going somewhere on business. So unless you have a business interest in those countries. You, you can't voluntarily just disappear on holiday out. Uh, out. And, and, and there's similar rules for a lot of the, the European places, but you know, lots of people work in lots of different places. Uh, and if you're a business traveler, there's nothing to stop you using, your, using a, a private jet to, to go to several countries. In fact, most European countries um, can be accessed if you have a specific business reason to do there and you get the appropriate permissions. Right. And, you know, so, you know, again, focusing more on the charter side of your business, uh, one of the main topics that we like to focus on this podcast is aircraft connectivity and other, you know, related aircraft technologies, passenger and pilot or maintenance facing. And I wanted to ask you, you know, are there any newer passenger facing technologies or you know passenger experience type of components that you've added to any of your aircraft lately or had any demand for? So probably the, the biggest um, uh, demand, uh, which you've covered a lot in your podcast, is connectivity in flight. Um, we have probably had a bit, bit of a pause in that for the moment in my customer base, I've been recommending that it's, it sit on your hands time a tiny bit. Um, I think 5G is going to transform the way in which uh, business aviation is able to connect. Uh, it's not up and running as it should be yet. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the equipment to fit to the airplanes is not freely available yet. 
But the cost point, the quality of the data transfer and the speed, particularly over here in, uh, in Europe where we, we don't have a 4G network for, for aircraft, uh, is going to transform the industry. Uh, and retrofitting to, to aircraft that uh, are, are medium and, and mid-size, um, the, the high-speed internet stuff is A, very difficult because of physical real estate space on the fuselage uh, or in the tail, uh, and B, it's incredibly expensive to run the data. Um, so I, I think if, uh, if I ever had to recommend anything to, to any of our customers at the moment, uh, a slight pause, and uh, as soon as uh, 5G is up and running, that's the time to go and install some new kit in your aircraft. Uh, and probably the, the most popular modification we do on aircraft is to upgrade cabin entertainment and integration systems. Uh, and with the, with the development of uh, the iPhone and the iPad, more and more of that has removed itself from the aircraft into handheld equipment that you walk on with. And that's been a great leap forward for, for aviation because, you know, a two million pound um, cabin entertainment system is out of date in three years. Uh, and to be able to get to a position now where you're wirelessly connecting to the cabin and keep, keep the aircraft future proof, it will make a big difference. Being able to get the aircraft future-proof and get data to it at a reasonable price will make a massive difference. And that's interesting. You know, you mentioned exactly the next topic I wanted to, to, to ask you about, which is the, you know, the use of mobile devices and, you know, sort of the digital transformation that aviation has really gone through over the last couple of years. And considering the type of operation that you are just on the digital, you know, sort of passenger or customer facing side of your business, has that also expanded? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, different apps where you can, for example, just look up the price of an aircraft or, you know, how many years it was in service or what type of modifications it has had right from your iPhone in some cases. How, you know, digital have you all gone and, and what are maybe some of the newer digital just, you know, related technologies that you all have adopted recently? I think that uh, aviation is relatively slow when it comes to adopting digital technology, not because it, it doesn't want to be, but because the lag in testing and trial uh, and safety um, in, in an aircraft take, takes, takes a significant amount of time, money uh, and effort to do. Uh, and I think one of the big advantages that handheld devices have brought to aircraft um, is the ability to accelerate that because the aircraft itself has very basic systems in it, like maybe a light going on and off, which is activated by a switch in your iPhone. And, and whilst the, uh, the unit is in, in your hand, the control is in your hand, the stuff that's fitted to the aircraft can maintain a fairly generic fit for quite some period of time. So you can improve the way in which the, the overall effect of the aircraft, the cabin comfort, your music and that sort of stuff, hugely without actually having to affect the aircraft because it's all done by your smartphone. And, um, you know, that definitely has improved customer comfort and, uh, and passenger experience. If you then look at technology outside of the aircraft, as in what we use to, to manage it, uh, it's documentation, quote it uh, for a charter flight. The, I think that creates a wonderful platform for uh, transparency in the industry. So instead of, people not knowing what things cost or being misled on cost. Now, I can look at an aircraft anywhere in the world on the internet for a price and see what its value is. I can get my fuel pricing. I can 
flight plan myself. I, there's digital technology brings a, a, a very sort of fragmented marketplace within corporate aviation to a digital platform which allows people transparency and and volume of purchase. So I think it's a it's an it's an excellent thing for bringing the cost uh, and improving the safety of, of any type of aviation or operation but particularly for a private jet operation where you never know where you're going the next day it certainly is and you know you you mentioned 5g earlier and i think you know once once that does become available hopefully we can get you back on and get more thoughts on that uh before we let you go dustin you know it's now january 2021 obviously still a lot of uncertainty across all segments of aviation um any COVID-19 related initiatives, policies, regulations that you're focused on right now or, you know, that you expect uh, coming up in the next few months of 2021? I think our, our sector of aviation has been very, very quick uh, to adopt a, a, a rigorous um, safety platform for, for COVID-19. Um, you know, it's driven by customer demand as much as it is the safety of your employees, uh, uh, staff and customers. You know, people in this in this sector are, are very happy to pay for everybody to be tested. They're happy to pay for the segregation um, and, and there is the budget to do it. So I would definitely say the private jet sector has led the way forward in with COVID-19. Uh, and I've seen lots of very interesting solutions for it in the helicopter industry. You know, separation in the cabin now via perspex. So you, the passengers fly in a bubble in the back and don't interact with the uh, the pilots at all. Um, chemical bombing, which you can set off in the cabin and which kills everything in less than 15 minutes, and then you open the door and go again. It, it's been very, very quick to de- to to develop and catch on, and, and it's relatively easy to implement because the aircraft are not in the sky all the time. So I think that will that will continue to grow, but. The, uh, I think the biggest shift in uh, the industry has been the volume of people coming into it for the very first time. Having never flown on a private jet, they are buying them. So the marketplace of sales, certainly in our, um, uh, in our sector, ha- has been very, very good. Uh, we've met lots of interesting people that are new to the industry, uh, and we'll watch that expand. And I'm sure, um, you know, the airlines aren't going aren't gonna to change dramatically over the next few years. So I think it will be very good for our industry for for quite some time to go. Yeah, certainly a lot of different uh, initiatives and topics to watch there. Well, you are Dustin Dryden, the founder of Volare Aviation. Dustin, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I know I learned a lot and our audience did as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.